Hello and welcome to the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Today we are on Season 5, Episode 21, Sisters and Other Strangers, which originally aired on March 3rd of 1990. So let's learn what else transpired in history. Well, in 1803, the first federal judge impeached in the U.S., John Pickering, uh, his trial begins later convicted for ruling on many cases while drunk. Okay. In 1861, Tsar Alexander II of Russia signs the Emancipation Manifesto, freeing serfs and granting them the full rights of all free Russian citizens. In 1934, notorious gangster John Dillinger escapes from prison using a wooden pistol. And our most recent event on, February, uh, on March 3rd, of 2019, Algerian President, I apologize in advance, Abdelaziz Bouteflika confirms that he will run for president one last time, seeking his fifth term amid widespread demonstrations against him. So that is our history lesson for today. So why don't you tell us what transpired in this bizarre installment of the Golden Girls. I really don't know what else to make of this one. Okay. This has one of the most, in my opinion, stupid B-plots I think I've ever seen on this show. Okay. When they actually try and make it one. Because, like, there's others where the B-plot's pretty stupid because they, like, throw it away, basically, halfway yeah. through the episode. Yeah, huh? But this one, they stick with it the whole time, and it is so dumb. Okay. Well, scene one, we're in the kitchen. Dorothy's cooking roses at the island. Sophia comes in and tests the food that is cooking and thinks it's pretty bad. Uh, and we learn that Stan and his Czech, Czechoslovakian cousin Magda will be visiting. Rose is done decorating a cake and instead of just putting welcome Magda, yeah, she depicts Magda's escape from Czechoslovakia. Now, Blanche enters and says that she was on the phone talking to her sister, Charmaine. Though they aren't speaking to each other. Yeah, okay. It seems as Charmaine is coming to town, as she has just published a novel, and all the girls are invited to a book signing party. Blanche can't believe that Charmaine has ever read a book, let alone write one. Yeah, the doorbell rings. They all head out to the living room. Scene two, we're in the living room, and yes, it was Magda at the door. She and Stan had a big disagreement, though, so Magda is here by herself. We will not see Stan this episode. What a shame. Yeah. We, we get the fantastic Magda. Yes. Magda wants to stay at the house because Stan is charging rent, and nickels and dimes her to death on all the little extras. Magda feels like a stranger in a strange land. She will stay in Dorothy's room, and Dorothy will move into Ma's room, of course. Yes, or into Sophia's room. Okay, scene three, we're on the lanai. Blanche and Charmaine, well, they're getting along pretty well. They're reminiscing about old times. And Charmaine gives Blanche a copy of the book she has written. Vixen, story of a woman. Really? Good title, admittedly. Yes. Charmaine even signs it and inscribes, To my sister Blanche, you have inspired me more than you will ever know. 
Okay. As Charmaine is leaving, she asks, where is that pocket watch that Big Daddy had promised Charmaine in the will? She thinks Blanche took it after the funeral. I have a question. Yes. Why was Charmaine not at the funeral? Well. Was she too busy writing this erotic book? I think, I thought of that myself. Or did they not remember she existed? Well, no, I thought of that myself. And then I thought, you know, we didn't see Blanche actually go to the funeral. Okay. So. Why did we not see Charmaine at the house where Blanche had to confront Virginia about who remembers what? Yeah, well, Charmaine might have been busy. Yeah, writing this book, she could have been busy. She didn't want to go to the house for the bad memories or something. Yeah, sure, sure, okay. But she could have been at the funeral. Okay. Because we never really went to the funeral. I think she would have been a key part of that episode. Well, you would think so, but she wasn't. And also Blanche's brother. Why was he not there? Yeah, well, that... I know they've forgotten he exists until next season when he comes back. <laughs> but I know they forgot he exists. Back. But oh boy, I'm sure he could have been at the funeral too. And okay. him, maybe him and uh, Charmaine went out to dinner after the funeral and they went out to pick up guys. House. Yeah, hit, hit up the the, you know. <laughs> the Atlanta gay bar. To hey, get. well, those the, the watch is in Blanche's bedroom, and oh, she'll she'll bring it to the book signing. Yeah. Scene four, we're back in the living room. Blanche is reading Charmaine's book. And Dorothy and Sophia enter, and they discuss Magda for a while. Apparently, she is tough on the girls, as Dorothy refers to her as Flora the Red Menace. Yeah, she complains about how awful things are in America. Rose and Magda enter with a few shopping bags. Yeah, quite a few. We learn that Magda likes Slurpees, Unbelievably, she is on her fifth one in the last hour. That's an awful lot of Slurpees. Uh, that's a lot of sugar, <laughs> but I get it. Um, if you never had them before, I get it. Okay, five in one hour? Wow. Magda takes her bags to her room, and the talk switches over to Charmaine's book. Blanche says the heroine, Vixen St. James is a shallow southern belle who's vain, self-centered, and a pushover for any man that crosses her path. Yeah, remind you of anybody? Blanche. Not really. Okay, Blanche That's not leaves. Blanche. <laughs> Blanche leaves, and Magda re-enters and tells us how good her life was as a communist, and she is still a communist. Yes, she leaves, and Rose says she was raised to hate communists. Uh, we get a few mentions of St. Olaf, but no real stories. Then Blanche re-enters and says she doesn't believe what is in the book. She reads a quick passage. Yes, she is still in the front third of that book at the time. And Blanche thinks the book is about her. Believe it or not. Scene five, we're at the bookstore. Yep, we're at the signing. Rose, Sophia, Dorothy, and Magda all enter. And Sophia says... She will be in the Bitter Children of Celebrities section. I didn't know that was a section. <laughs> I wouldn't think it'd be a big one. I wouldn't think so. Uh, but, uh, who knows? Uh, Magda complains that there are too many books. There's just too many contradictory ideals here. Well, Dorothy tells Magda that she wants her to read two books. 
just read these two books. Thomas Paine's Common Sense. Hot Seller. Yes. Hot Seller in 1990. Yeah. In stock at your local bookshop in 1990. (laughs) Yep. And Vanna White's Autobiography. Why? Because it's really good. Okay. Uh, Two very different books, I would think. Well, Blanche enters and heads straight to where Charmaine is signing books. Blanche confronts her, says she has read every word in the book, and lets her know that using her to be the vixen in the book was not a good idea. Yeah, there's many customers in the bookstore that are listening to Blanche. And Blanche says that the book is nothing but a vulgar collection of perverse sexual acts that are sheer and utter filth. Mm-hmm. Blanche slams that book down on the stack of others and leaves. And, and then everyone goes to buy a copy. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the other customers run over to the books. They want to read it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I will say that that is also that, that's a, that's the whole joke of a South Park episode ah. uh, where Butters writes a book called The Tale of Scrody McBoogerballs. Uh, yeah, which is literally, uh, apparently, I mean, the show they portray it as being such a disgusting book that from reading it, it makes you vomit, essentially, uh, just from reading, like, the first page, and then it becomes, like, a national bestseller because of how disgusting it is, so everyone wants to experience it for themselves, and then of it's course. hailed as a great piece of literature and whatnot, so, um, <laughs> I mean, that's part of the joke of that South Park episode, but... Um, that is also pretty accurate, though. I mean, you see that a lot, where it's like, if you want a book to not become popular because of how, you know, filled <laughs> with sex it is, don't ever mention the book. Don't mention it. Then, But as soon as you start making a That's big perfect. thing about, oh, this book is so perverse and disgusting with all its sexual acts, yes, people are going to go buy it. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's how Fifty Shades of Grey happened. And then... And we got three movies. Uh, yes, thank you. And in my uh, actual looking at the episode here, I had a slight question, but... Okay. Because when all the people are running over to get these books, we actually see Sophia. She's ripping a copy away from Magda, like they're Mm -hmm. fighting over this copy, but right there in front of both of them is a whole stack, two stacks, like... 20 other copies of that same book. Yeah, well, you don't get the visual gag of them fighting what? each other for it. So <laughs> You don't have to rip the book out. Right. Okay. Scene six, we're in the kitchen. Dorothy, Sophia, and Blanche sitting at the table reading the newspaper while Rose is in the background. Yep, phone rings and Rose answers it. Charmaine is on the phone. Blanche goes over and hangs up the phone without talking. The other girls talk about Charmaine and sisters. Dorothy tells a quick story about one of her dolls. Yes, Magda enters from the back door with a Slurpee. Yes, we get a St. Olaf story from Rose. Yes, there was a time in Rose's life that she wanted to leave St. Olaf. Wow, it wasn't big enough for her. She had her eye on the Great White Way. So she went to St. Gustav, the city that never naps. The first night she walked around in amazement, they had their own photo mat, believe it or not. Mm. Wow, big city. Suddenly, she realized that she was a little girl and quite frightened in this big city. It started to rain, 
and she stood there in the middle of the town square and cried. There she was, drenched, and someone yelled out, Hey, don't you have enough sense to come in out of the rain? Well, then it hit her, and when she went home to St. Olaf, she passed on this bit of street-smart savvy. Yes, the next thing you know, in St. Olaf, the end thing was coming in out of the rain. Rose was the town celebrity. Yes, until the phrase, watch out for that tractor, caught on. Hmm. Uh, yes, St. Olaf and St. Gustav, they're sister cities, and that's how this somehow related to the episode here. I will say, up until the, the rain bit, that would be like a, a parody of a Springsteen song would be essentially her story there. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that'd be like a Springsteen song parody of, Oh, I'm in a terrible small town. Let me go to a big one. Oh, it's got a photo mat. Woo-hoo. <laughs> it's yeah. now a blur song. <laughs> okay. It's a blur song now. Well, scene seven. We're in the living room. Sophia is singing, That's Amore. And I thought she was doing pretty good. Rose and Dorothy sitting on the couch. Magda enters and says she has bad news. She must leave. She must return to Czechoslovakia immediately. Mostly based on Rose's St. Olaf story, but also on Vanna White's book. Wow. Doorbell rings, and it is Charmaine. Blanche enters from the lanai. Charmaine wants an apology and the pocket watch. They head back to Blanche's bedroom. There, Charmaine admits that the book is about her life, not Blanche's. And she actually admits... Now, listen to this inscription she wrote. Yeah, let me get back to it. You've inspired me more than you'll ever know. Yes. Or whatever. Uh-huh. And Charmaine says that she writes that in everyone's book. She writes that in all the books. Okay. I could see that. Yeah, okay, I... Well, that's okay. just like one of those things, like, you know, like in <laughs> high school, you're, like, sign people's yearbooks, like, oh, I'll never forget you. Then two weeks later, like, who's this fool? Who's this? Yes. <laughs> Well, that you I know. can understand, but to some strange... Yeah, you have inspired me more. You never know. To 80,000 strangers? <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, but, I, I no. guess that would be a little strange. Yeah, but... thank you. They make up, and Blanche gives her the pocket watch. And they hug as this episode comes to an end. Well, we have a few cultural references. Firstly, to the Czechoslovakian Revolution better known as the Velvet Revolution, uh, which was a, oh, yes, okay. uh, which was a, or the Gentle Revolution, if you'd prefer, ah, okay. uh, which was a non-violent transition of power in what was then known as Czechoslovakia, occurring from November 17th to December 29th of 1989. Uh, popular demonstrations against the one-party government of the Communist Party of Czechoslovakia uh, included mostly students, but also some older dissidents, and the result was the end of 41 years of one-party rule in Czechoslovakia, and the subsequent dismantling of the command economy and conversion to a parliamentary republic, uh, which is, um, you know, so parliamentary republic is kind of not a terribly common form of government, but um, it's basically um, if in the U.S., the Congress chose the president all the time, basically. Uh, this is kind of, this is what, like, um, South Africa and most notably them and um, 
I think that might be Vietnam, if I remember my map right, uh, now have, basically, uh, as well as some, you know, smaller countries in Central Europe there. Um, so that's kind of what that was. Uh, briefly there, I'm skipping a lot of that info, of course. Um, the Love Boat uh, is was an American TV series set on a boat where people would show up and, like, go on a date or something like that. Yeah. Um, essentially, if The Bachelor was a scripted sitcom, you would have The Love Boat. Although, if it was The Bachelor and less certifiably absurdly interesting. Um, Hickory Farms... Uh, is an American food gift retailer headquartered in Chicago, uh, which currently operates, I don't think, too much. Um, they opened their first retail store in 1959. By 81, there were over 1,000 stores and seasonal kiosks throughout the U.S. and Canada. Um, oh, they operate about 500 uh, shops during the holiday season only, pretty much now. It's all on online thing. You have to order from them uh, now, pretty much. Um, essentially, this episode poses a question of, does communism work? Uh, which, of course, the answer to is, it depends on your definition of work. Uh, can it create a government that actually lasts for a while? Yeah, in that case, it's very successful, usually. Uh, now, as far as, like, great, like, super fun for people to live in and stuff is a different answer, which is sort of at times, usually not really, um, but occasionally it can work for a while. Uh, you know, we haven't really seen a, a government pull it off yet, um, but I would recommend a, a very interesting article I found uh, from courts.com uh, entitled, Why I'm a Communist and Why You Should Be Too which I found quite interesting. Hmm, okay. Uh, they bring up McCarthyism, which uh, is, uh, was uh, Joseph McCarthy's great campaign to rid the U.S. of all communists uh, in the late 40s and 50s. Um, uh, and it was wild, wild stuff in retrospect now. Um, Charlie McCarthy was brought up. Who's Charlie McCarthy, you ask? Well, as far as I can tell, unless I'm looking at the wrong person, which is possible, Charlie McCarthy uh, is a retired Irishman uh, who was a professional player in the sport of hurling. Uh, <laughs> yes, he, was, he played for the team of Cork County uh, from the years of 1965 to 1980. Uh, he was a... a um, a three-time All-Star uh, in the league. Uh, he was oh. chosen as one of the 125 greatest hurlers of all time in a 2009 poll. I'd put him there, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I <laughs> don't know if that's who they meant, but uh, that's the only guy I could find. Um, so the book Common Sense is a... Uh, 49-page pamphlet published in January of 1776, uh, written by Thomas Paine, which advocates for American independence from Great Britain. Uh, well, in now that's what it means. At the time, it was 
let's secede from Britain here as the colonies, but, you know, nonetheless, we'll uh, update it to that. Um, so writing in clear and uh, persuasive prose, Payne marshaled moral and political arguments to encourage the common folk in the colonies to fight for a new egalitarian style of government. Uh, it was published anonymously initially uh, at the beginning of the American Revolution and became an immediate sensation. It was sold and distributed widely, read aloud at taverns and meeting places. And at the time, it was the largest selling book in American history. And as of 2006, it remains the best-selling book ever written by an American and is still in print today. Uh, so, you know, that's that. Um, I will say if you read the, like, summary version, because I'm not... I, I'm not going to bother to read the full thing right now, but if you read, like, the summary, some of this stuff is really bizarre that he came up with. Um, for example, so his idea uh, for how to elect a president is wild. So his, his idea that he proposed in this, in this pamphlet essentially was that the people elect a Congress, right? Each uh, colony would elect five Congress people. Well, at the time, five congressmen but five, uh, five congressmen. landowners yes <laughs> five white landowning male congressmen yes of course but uh five congress folks uh and these five would be accompanied by two members of the general population of the colonies uh, for a total of seven representatives from each colony in the congress uh they would then uh decide essentially that uh, each colony would be divided into districts, and each district would send a proper number of delegates to Congress, which they thought would be 30, uh, which would then lead to 390 Congress folk. The Congress would meet annually to elect a president. Here's how this would go. Each colony would be put into a lottery, okay? The president would then be elected by the whole Congress from the delegation of that colony that was selected in the lottery. So essentially, they would play roulette, figure out, okay, which of the states is the president going to be from this time? Oh, we're going to have the Ohio president now. Okay. All right, let's elect someone from Ohio will be the president. The, the uh, state would then be removed from the lottery until all states had been run through once. Then we would start over again. And electing the president would require three-fifth majority vote to hmm. be elected which is a wild system i actually think this would not be like terrible to enact uh theoretically this could be really it would be interesting you'd get a lot of varied uh presidents at least uh that would be for sure yeah uh but uh yeah no that would never be gone for but that's uh, what thomas Paine came up with in that pamphlet is what he uh. thought would be the ideal system uh, of government at the time uh, so then Thomas Paine himself uh, is a, was a British, uh, who then became an American uh, citizen, uh, who was a political activist, uh, philosopher, political theorist, and revolutionary. Uh, one of the founding fathers of the U.S. who authored the two most influential pamphlets at the start of the American Revolution. Um, of course, common sense, we just discussed the other one um, being something else. Rights of Man, uh, which was essentially a defense of the French Revolution, and why the French public should um, revolt against the French king, basically. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, he then wrote some other stuff later, and that's the short version of that. Um, so that's him briefly. Uh, he lived in, you know, the 1700s, of course. 
Um, Vanna White is a TV personality film actress known as the host of the hostess of Wheel of Fortune since 1982. I really don't know why she would have had a um, autobiography in 1990, but myself, I don't really know why she would have had one. It's not like she was terribly known of or popular at the time, right? I mean, well, she was probably pretty popular, so. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, fascism is a form of radical conservative government, uh, exemplified best by, uh, the governments of Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini, um, and that's pretty much the short version of that. Um, let's see, a photo mat, uh, was an American retail chain of photo development drive through kiosks simply found in shopping center parking lots, uh, which opened in 1965, the last one closed... In uh, 2009, yes, 2009 it appears from mm. there. And That's Amore is a 1953 song written by uh, Harry Warren and Jack Brooks, uh, which later became a major hit for Dean Martin uh, later in the same year. Uh, side characters, we have two. Magda is played by Marion Mercer. Uh, known for her work in Out on a Limb, the Matthew Broderick vehicle, uh, It's a Living, Great Performances, and Suddenly Susan. Woohoo! Uh, I don't really. Uh, did she ever show up again? No. Okay, she's on Empty Nest, the spinoff for okay. a couple episodes. But, uh -huh. um, yeah, I don't know. I thought she was. It may have just been the accent they made her do, but I thought she was awful. Um, and Charmaine is played by Barbara Babcock, uh, known for her work on Far and Away, uh, Space Cowboys, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. She plays Dorothy Jennings for it looks like five seasons. Uh, Hill Street Blues. Uh, most recently, she was in uh, Home Alone 4 back in 2002. Um, uh, she was in an episode of Frasier as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah, she was in 99 episodes of Dr. Quinn there, so that's, Ooh. if you know her, it'll be from that, probably. Yes. Uh, she is a one-time Emmy winner and nominated one other time. Uh, she was nominated in 95 for her role as uh, Dr. Uh, Dorothy Jennings on Dr. Quinn there, supporting actress in a drama, and uh, won an Emmy in 1981 for uh, Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama for Hill Street Blues which she played Grace Gardner at that time. Must have been a big character on that show. 17 episodes. That doesn't sound too big, but okay. She was the lead, I guess. Uh, no new sex partners established since episodes of the tally stands. Blanche 108, Dorothy 9, Sophia 7, and Rose 6. Okay. <clears throat> I had one observation or, or question, and this will show my stupidity, maybe. So... Okay. Uh, so my stupidity here, but during Dorothy, Dorothy had a story about one of her dolls that Gloria broke. Okay. Sophia says that Gloria was the one that had to get rabies shots because Dorothy said she was a biter. So I assume that that means Dorothy bit Gloria. Okay. And I'm not really sure people have to get rabies shots after another person bites them. 
Especially if you know that that person does not have rabies. I mean, why would Gloria have to get rabies shots? I mean, honestly? Um, I mean, that would be the only case. Uh, that would be the only thing, really, if um, Dorothy was had rabies at some point. Um, I mean, let's see here. From the CDC, so how is rabies transmitted? Um, people usually get rabies from the bite of a rabid animal. It is possible but rare for people to get rabies from non-bite exposures. Um, do do do. Oh, okay, here you go. Uh, bite and non-bite exposures from an infected person could theoretically transmit rabies, but no such cases have ever been documented. So yes, theoretically, if Dorothy had rabies and bit Gloria, Gloria could have gotten rabies or needed to get a rabies shot, but uh, that has never ever happened in as far as the CDC knows, that has oh. never happened. Okay. So I really don't know, other than a, for a weird joke, I don't yeah. know why that was that was there. Well, I was wondering, like, wow, okay. Um, the only counts on this episode I found was one St. Olaf story. Of course, that was by Rose. Uh, total counts for the series, weddings, planned weddings, were at nine. Physical abuse of Rose, 13. St. Olaf stories now up to 37. Picture it stories still at 22. Cheesecakes eaten, 17. Sicily Italian stories at 8. Sicily Italian references, 49. The girls mad at each other, not best friends, or moving out 18 times. 29 sports and 30 games. While we've had 15 Stanley is a Bornak appearances. My rating for this is there's some laughs, but overall it's not that great. It's not that bad. 70 out of 100. Did you care for the, the, I mean, the subplot of this is essentially like trying to convince Magda of the wonders of capitalism, right? That's literally the subplot of this episode is a, a battle of governmental ideologies, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's too why short. is that the subplot of a Golden Girls episode is, did, did Susan Harris feel this great desire to make an episode that, you know what we need to have is have the girls explain why communism is bad. Like, no, is that really, I, why was that even a, a pitch, let alone the actual episode? I could not tell you. I mean, it's uh, just nuts to me. What In 1990, was there a big spike in, like, communist activism in the U.S.? Of, like, trying to overthrow the capitalist regime or something going on? Like, so. what? Why I, was that? I can't. I, have no I just idea. can't even imagine why they decided to make that part of a Golden Girls episode. I could, can't imagine why. I mean, the only thing I can think of is, and this is going to sound possibly insane, but unless they were trying to do some sort of weird nostalgia bait, because they do this a lot, when because they reference a ton of stuff from like the 40s and 50s, right? Uh -huh. It's like most of the people watching this show were probably, right, the girls' age, most of the people at the show at the yes. time, right? Uh-huh. 
So they're in like their 50s or their 60s. So they were born in like the 40s and 30s and 40s, right? So it might be something so they it's can like, relate to. Right. Let's do a random throwback to the 50s where everyone was, oh, the Russians and communism, ooh, what a giant nightmare they are. And let's yes. have an episode about that, or uh-huh. partially about that, with the A plot being Blanche reading her sister's erotica. Yes. Like, okay, sure. I don't know. It, I found it very bizarre, of course. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode of the Glide TV Recaps, The Golden Girls. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to subscribe to the show for more great content like this. And until that next episode, goodbye.